0: You're tuned into KDNK, and now it's time for Ask the Vet. Uh, this is a segment of the of KDNK where once a month we kind of go over some hot topics in the veterinary and pet world. Um, today is um, I have uh, my friend Bailey here. She's a certified veterinary technician that works at Alpine Animal Hospital, uh, and my name is Darren. Um, I'm also a certified veterinary technician. Uh, how's it going, Bailey?
1: Good! I am really excited to talk here today. Right? It's pretty, it's pretty
0: awesome. Um, so this month is...
1: National Train Your Pet Month, I yeah. believe. Yep, January.
0: Um, and I know you're pretty, pretty versed in um, training yourself, so I figured it'd be a good idea to talk about some of the basics. Um, And just as a reminder to you listeners out there, uh, this is a call-in show and to reach us here if you have any questions, uh, you can reach us at 970-963-2976 and just call us with any questions in relation to training. Uh, So Bailey, um, what are some of the basics of training that every uh, pet owner should know?
1: Yeah, that's a, a great but also tough question because there's a lot of things involved uh in training dogs in general but i think um something that gets pushed to the back burner or maybe overlooked um, when we're not thinking about the basic obedience commands like sit down stay things like that mm-hmm. um, is just basic uh, socialization mm-hmm. um, and socialization can mean a number of things it can mean Being desensitized to other dogs, but also being desensitized um, and getting your dog to experience different uh, events, um, people, places, activities like car rides, things like that.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, so that's definitely a a good point that the basics of training are, that's a broad term for sure. Um, So something, working in a veterinary clinic, we often see that uh, a lot of times we have reactive dogs so that means um you know they react poorly or negatively to other dogs people um what would you say is the most common cause of that
1: yeah um so lots and lots of dogs are, are fearful at the vet which is understandable it's a new scary place for many dogs um Many of the times we are strangers to them, so it's Mm -hmm. totally normal um, for dogs to be fearful at the vet. Um, There's a lot of things that veterinary hospitals can do to try and mitigate some of those uh, stressors. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think one of the most common causes um, of that fearfulness at the veterinary office, um, well, I'll break it down into two things, I think, two most common things, um, is... (laughs) kind of a lack of socialization um so whether um it was maybe a, an older rescued dog who didn't get um, adequate socialization younger or the second part of that being um if any of the uh owners with the dog or even the veterinary staff are also worried or unsure the dog is going to sense that
0: mm-hmm yeah definitely I I would definitely say that we see that if owners or pet owners are um, nervous anxious then a lot of the times our little fur friends are pretty anxious too Um, yeah so how are what are some ways that uh, we as pet owners can help to decrease the the fear and stress and anxiety at at the vet yeah um
1: and these these tips um, and ideas really could work anywhere, not just for dogs fearful at the vet, but mm-hmm. fearful of other dogs or um, aggressive towards other dogs, um, <coughs> fearful in the car or with strangers, uh, a numerous amount of things. So um, one of the most important things kind of that I alluded to just a second ago is that you as the pet owner um, should be really calm and confident um at all times for your dog so that they can have a human to look up to that is going to keep them calm and tell them there's nothing to be worried about and protect them in a sense Um, secondly i think that um dogs who have excuse me Um, Dogs who maybe didn't get um, socialization as a younger dog. um, It's never too late to try and start socializing. Um, And while we're trying to socialize and desensitize dogs to those scary things like strangers or other dogs or a new place, it's important to um, really distract. Distraction and redirection of dogs' attention and focus is one of the, I would say, main Um, factors of socialization and desensitization training so instead of letting them be fearful and focus on that uh, scary thing um, it's nice to be able to redirect their focus with a treat or a favorite toy or another basic command something like that
0: gotcha yeah that's definitely helpful um i would say you know that's redirecting you know even in humans you know we see a squirrel We forget about something else. Right. Uh, At the doctor, if we get poked, a lot of times they'll be talking to us and doing other stuff. So um, I guess one of the other things about, you know, just general pet training um, is what should be um, the biggest – gosh, I can't think of the question. (laughs) Um, What would you say is – a good, you know, should you do high incentive reward? Should you do toys? Yeah, like
1: how do you kind of put that into action? How do you enforce that
0: distraction
1: per se? Um, So it's going to be different for every dog. um, And the term Darren just used, high incentive reward, um, basically just means a reward or a treat that um, is extremely... Uh, tasty to your dog. So something that they don't get very often, like, um, you know, uh, chicken or liver, something like that, not just your normal crunchy dog treat per se. Um, But however, other dogs, maybe like um, golden retrievers come to mind, are uh, really um, invested in toys like balls um, or squeakers. So that may be a really high reward value item for them. Um, so really to put that kind of distraction and redirection, um, tool into play, you're going to want to, um, make sure that whatever you are holding or have is something your dog always looks forward to and really enjoys. Um, and then you want to help, help your dog associate that fun, good item with being less scared and, um, focusing their attention away from whatever they're, uh, scared about. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Perfect.
0: Yeah. So I, you know, I think that would be awesome. A lot of times we use like, you know, baby food, dried liver treats. There's some really, uh, exotic treats out there nowadays that are just, they're, they're crazy to think about, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've got, you know, bison lung and <laughs> lamb trachea and <laughs> anything you can think of that a dog might want to eat, it's out there. Exactly.
0: Um, just a quick reminder to everybody out there listening, uh, this is a call-in show, so if you have any questions, uh, we would love to hear from you. The number to reach us here is 970-963-2976. Um, so, Bailey, when we talked about... Um, desensitizing our our friends our little fur friends Um, what should their environment look like should we you know what where should we go for that
1: yeah um depending on what your dog's um you know uh negative behavior might be or whatever you're trying to work on with your dog i think it'll um depend so let's say um i have a dog that is um very uh reactive or nervous around other dogs so you wouldn't want to just take your dog to the dog park and and let him off leash and just have him teach himself and see what happens um that could be really dangerous for a number of reasons um the way you want to start is by slowly introducing your dog to that scary stimulus um so maybe by going on a Uh, walk with your dog leashed in you know your neighborhood that or another neighborhood or part of town that you know doesn't often have um a ton Mm -hmm. of other dogs around and then you'll want to work on that uh high reward distraction when you do see another dog you know on the other side of the street or something like that gotcha
0: yeah so definitely good um good tips there um So, if if we're reactive to, oh, it looks like we have a call. Great. Um, Well, welcome and caller. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a a two-and-a-half-year-old beagle who's really vocal, and I was wondering if you guys had any tips on what I want is I want to stay quiet and have him stop barking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, ideally. um, Ideally, but when I looked it up, it says that you first need to teach them how to speak, like to speak on command, and then you can control it, and then you can make it quiet. But I just, for some reason, that feels really frustrating to me, and I just want him to be quiet.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, I can totally relate to that. For that? Yeah. Um, you know, wherever, whatever source you read that online, I can definitely see. Um, the idea behind that. However, it's definitely not the only way to go about it. Um, So whenever we're trying to get a dog to stop doing an undesirable behavior like excessive barking, um, sometimes we do need to kind of add in a little bit of, um, not necessarily punishment, but a little bit of negative stimulus for them to associate that bad behavior with. Um, Mm. Something that I've used and seen used in the past um to kind of distract away from that excessive barking is by using some type of loud noise um when the dog starts Mm -hmm. barking so that could be a loud squeak like from a favorite squeaker toy that could be shaking a can of coins that's really loud anything to get them to stop barking and redirect their attention and then as soon as Mm -hmm. they redirect that attention you want to uh treat and praise them
0: uh would you associate a word with at the same time as shaking yeah or would um
1: okay. so not necessarily with the shaking but right after um okay. right after when the desirable behavior is um you know achieved as soon as he stops barking and looks at the sound or looks at you then i would give that quiet command and um praise and treat Cool.
0: Okay, great. I'll give it a try. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, thank awesome. you. Good luck. Yeah, thanks so much for calling in. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. All right. So some good tips for sure, because I know that a lot of times um, with a lot of people, barking can be a, a very, quote-unquote, annoying thing. <laughs> yeah, barking's and, a tough one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're just doing what they're doing, you know? Um, but definitely good to have some control over that. Um so what are some things that, you know, if we're out and about, once we kind of have our basic training down, um, that, you know, we as pet order owners, excuse me, can do to facilitate, you know, others participating in this training uh, that we're going through?
1: Yeah, like... um like encouraging other people to train their dogs or just encouraging like the success of your dog out in public <laughs> right. uh
0: the second part so gotcha. like if we're walking in the park and we're going through our training um to say you know um help with our reactivity to yeah. other dogs um and people could kind of just let their dog run right up
1: to you. yeah we definitely don't want others to um other you know dogs and owners to compromise um training goals and success that you've you and your own dog have worked on um there's there's something i'll mention um that maybe some of us have already heard of it's called the yellow dog project or the yellow leash project um and basically it's kind of like a a worldwide movement where if dogs do have certain um issues or negative behaviors like being aggressive or reactive towards other dogs or strangers something like that um there are uh, little yellow flags and ribbons and you know different yellow collars and leashes that um people can put on their dogs specifically for this purpose um and it's you know meant to be kind of like a public um announcement slash warning to say mm-hmm. hey my dog and I are working on some stuff training-wise. Please give us some space. Um, so really just communicating with the public and the people around you, friends and family members, things like that, um, is key to not take steps backwards in that training.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, again, just a quick reminder, this is a call-in show, so if anybody out there has any questions you know, in regards to training, um, go ahead and give us a call here the number is 970-963-2976 and yeah we would love to hear your questions um let's see kind of next thing i had the question then it disappeared this has been a a constant theme today (laughs) it seems like it's
1: okay it's almost friday it's almost friday exactly
0: (laughs) thank goodness um so let's see oh here's this can be a little bit of a sensitive topic um, what about muzzle training, our little yeah. friends?
1: Um, that's a great question. I'm really glad you brought that up, actually. Um, the even the word muzzle can be um, really scary and have a super negative stimulus in the pet owner um, community. Um, and I think that that comes from kind of the past where most people have only seen muzzles used. Um, on dogs you know that are super aggressive in movies or only police dogs who are trained to bite things like that um but really um, muzzles and i'll clarify the proper muzzle the Mm -hmm. properly fitted um, and spacious basket muzzle uh, specifically for dogs can be really useful um, for a lot of different reasons even for dogs that aren't necessarily aggressive or are at risk to hurt anybody um, but for for example, I myself have uh, in the past trained um, my own dog to use and wear a basket muzzle um, occasionally to keep him from eating things he's not supposed to <laughs> in my house um, because he can open all the drawers and all the cupboards um, and eat all the bad things he wants. So that's one example of using a, a basket muzzle for, you know, something other than aggression.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we use basket muzzles a lot in veterinary medicine to keep um, patients and our staff and owners safe um, because when dogs are scared at the vet, they feel the need to protect themselves. Um, and that doesn't mean they're bad dogs or inherently aggressive. It just means that they're scared and they think that the only way out is to fight us.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: so muzzles can be used for a lot of Um, Really positive reasons, Um, and I've seen a lot of people train dogs to really love wearing a muzzle because they associate it with uh, their favorite treat, like we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm.
0: Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, And what made me think of that is how we use peanut butter and squeezy cheese and (laughs) all the really good quote-unquote junk food all the dog junk food yeah yeah um this might be a little bit off the topic of that but um if we're having to use a lot of treats should we adjust their diet accordingly
1: potentially yes um so it's very common that we'll have dogs and their owners come in for a vet visit and the dog hops on the scale and we've gained a few pounds since you know the last six months when we saw them And uh, they're like, oh, you know, we've really been working on training and I'm feeding them like dozens and dozens of treats a day, which is totally fine. Um, I don't want you to not give dogs treats. Um, However, we either need to increase the exercise that comes along with that um, or just decrease their normal kibble or canned food amount by, you know, just a fraction um, to account for that because we definitely don't want, um, you know, obesity or overweight problems to uh you know conflict with other health problems
0: yeah absolutely um and i guess kind of the last one here uh that i was thinking about earlier was um with our brand new puppies they're so sweet they're so cute um what would you recommend is kind of like the basic kind of bare minimum that we should do with these little friends to help prepare them for the the veterinary world
1: yeah 100 percent um and I'll say again that this won't only prepare them for you know veterinary visits but just being happy and confident in their life and the world outside in general um, and I think the first most important step of that is again that kind of broad term of socialization mm-hmm. um, and it really needs to be positive socialization yeah. um, so a lot of times um, you know the puppies are so cute, and we love them, and we want to take them everywhere with us, which is great. Um, But sometimes we just end up, and I'm guilty of this too, um, we just end up kind of throwing our puppy in the car and dragging it literally everywhere with us, whether it's happy or not, right? Exactly. Um Puppies, just like, um, you know, human children can get overwhelmed, um meeting strangers, things like that. Um, everyone wants to come and run up to a puppy and pet it and love it and say how cute it is. But it's really important for owners to pay attention to um, kind of the body language and any cues that your puppy might be giving off that it's nervous um, or tense or scared or trying to hide. Because the more um, experiences he has where he's nervous, Mm -hmm. um, the less likely he'll want to be with, to interact with strangers in the future. So really making every outing, um, every stranger visit, every car ride really positive with a favorite toy or treat. That is the goal.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And a couple of things, I guess, um, you know, when we're at the vet clinic that I'm just thinking about as far as, Helping to desensitize. Um, oftentimes, when we get a new puppy, our veterinarian recommends, you know, kind of play with their eye, play with not their eyes, excuse me. <laughs> play with their ears, um, and play with their feet. Um, and I don't know if we ever really go into like specifics with that. Um, is there a wrong way and a right way to do that?
1: Yeah. So that plays into what we just talked about really mm-hmm. well. So, anytime you're trying to um, teach your dog something or Um, help desensitize them to something like trimming their nails or touching their feet or cleaning their ears. Um, It needs to be uh, done kind of slowly and methodically and, again, really positively. Positive, positive, positive. Um, I'm sure most dog trainers anyone will meet will say that positive reinforcement is the number one way to go um, with dog training, and that's because it's, you know, it's proven. Mm -hmm. Um, So anytime you're, you know touching a dog's foot or looking in their ear it's important not to uh, force them or manhandle them um, into doing what you want no matter how frustrating it can be. Um, Again I think we've all been there with our dogs um, being irritated with them. Why won't you listen to me? Um, But they are so so smart and they will learn everything that you teach them whether you want them to or not. Um, So it's important that every experience like Cleaning an ear, touching a paw is also associated with a treat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think solid, solid uh, points there and definitely just echoing that for sure. Um, do you have any resources for owners that are, you know, that you have found really um, helpful? Uh, whether that be, you know, online sources, humans, you know, trainers.
1: <laughs> yeah, Um there's one website in particular that comes to mind that we at the <coughs> veterinary hospital refer people to a lot. Um, and it's called Fear Free Happy Homes. So that's Fear F E A R F R E E H A P P Y H O M E S dot com, Fearfree Happy Homes dot com. Um, that website has a lot of really valuable information about training desocialization or desensitization and socialization. <laughs> Um, Not only for the vet hospital, but for everywhere.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, I think that wraps up our time here. Thank you so much for joining me, Bailey.
1: Yeah, thank you guys.
0: Awesome. And you all have a wonderful day.
1: Yes. Happy training.